0: Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here, my guest this week in the studio. Courtney Payne Taylor. Courtney, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Courtney wants to do a little bit of changing of the world through skateboards.
1: Through skateboarding and through play. skateboarding's one one vessel to make change in your life, but there's lots of other ones, as I'm sure we'll get to a uh-huh. little bit later here.
0: Well, you yourself are a skateboarder, quite a good one, I understand. You're also a motivational speaker.
1: I do a little bit, a little bit of speaking.
0: You have uh, several other Day jobs, as it were, as many of us do. We'll get into that. But you have been around the country talking about skateboarding specifically for? Females. Young women, girls, yep. adult women.
1: Up to 65 so far.
0: No kidding. 65, 65 how yep. 65, <laughs> Well, here's an interesting thing that I learned when I was looking into you and your work. Only 10% of the skateboarders, I guess in the United States, are female. Is that still the case? I've
1: always questioned those numbers. Ah. Um, I think that, one, I don't know how they go about really collecting that data. But women and men and how they participate in things can often be different. So I believe there are a lot of girls out there. They might not have the confidence yet to go out to the skate park. They might not go into the skate shop to buy their boards. They might do so online. So I think it's a much larger percentage than that. They're probably just less obvious. They do it in their own way and in their own world and don't really seek the attention.
0: Is someone going to feel frightened if you're a female going to a skateboard park? And it's full of guys.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's, well, one, especially in that age where you're really interested in the opposite sex and what they think. Yeah. I think that that definitely plays in the role as well as you go in, there's all these guys, they're really good. Um, You might be attracted to some of them. And there's a lot of, I think, inner discussion in the girls' minds that they'll think I look stupid. They don't want me here. Right. Um, so a lot of that conflict isn't something that's coming from the external world, but what the girls are thinking in their mind, what might be keeping them from them. So I think that's the biggest thing is, again, the girls' thought process.
0: Well, Courtney is the founder of GROW, girls' writers organization, uh, doing great work throughout the country, award-winning stuff. And uh, we're going to get into that, but uh, as I do want to say, if I ever see groups of skateboarders generally i see uh, guys males doing it they're trying they're failing a lot mm-hmm. that's the whole thing and it's uh it's interesting that it's okay for the guy to fail but the young woman she's worried about how it appears mm-hmm. when she fails why is that
1: well i think that women tend to want to know how to do something and then do it right whereas men are taught more fail and try again Mm -hmm. i mean i think it comes down to the simple as women like to ask for directions and men don't that stereotype i think speaks and for women up to this point there's not a lot of opportunities to learn to skateboard and you see the guys out there falling and falling you say well i don't want to fall a million times to do the first thing Mm -hmm. so i think that that's kind of been a gap there
0: How about you? How did you get into this stuff?
1: Yeah, when my my brother was a skateboarder for a little while before he converted to a rollerblader. Yeah. So we had a skateboard lying around the house all the time. And one day when no one was home, I took the skateboard out of the garage and went out in front of the house. And I could have swore it was flat ground. So I put the board down. I said, I'm going to step up on this board and just stand on the board. Well, I stepped up on the board and apparently not all ground that looks flat is flat. And the board started rolling and I just freaked out I didn't know what to do so as your board moves forward you want to stay where you're at I leaned back fell on both of my wrists it hurt I didn't hurt anything real bad but it hurt and my pride was hurt oh yeah put that thing right back in the garage and I never thought about it again
0: did you look around to see if anybody was looking
1: I probably did I, (laughs) I, I, I rushed it into the garage as fast as possible
0: right off the bat you you fell
1: Yeah, because with skateboarding, just like your first time you learn to walk or the first time you ride a bike, very likely your first attempt you will fall unless you have someone there helping you.
0: And so basically you said, to heck with this, I'm not going to do this. For years you said that.
1: Well, in, in what most people experience, if you try something the first time and you fail, you believe that you're not capable of doing that it's not oh i need to learn this to get better you just think that i'm not capable of being a skateboarder
0: right then a little while not even 10 years later i should say you tried it again but there's an interesting story behind that as well you went over to the upper cascade skate park why don't you take it from there
1: So I actually, I went to the skate park. I didn't have any intention of skateboarding that day. I had on a skirt, a dress top, and some basic flip-flops of some sort. I was going there. A skirt? Yeah, I was going to meet the Parks and Rec director. Was the goal in going there because I wanted to do a music festival for the youth, by the youth. And my mother suggested, well, there's a new skate park opening. It'd be cool to do it there. So come to the grand opening, May 5th, 2004. Right. And we will introduce you to all of the parks and rec people you'll need to know for that. So that was the goal in going that day.
0: Whose skateboard did you get on?
1: Well, it's actually ironic. I believe that everything happens for a reason. There was one night I was up at one of the clubs. I believe it was called Access at the time. Okay. Here on, on college. And I was dancing in front of the stage, and someone that worked there was leaning against one of those big 250-pound speakers yeah. on the stage. And as they were leaning on it, that cable holding it snapped, and that speaker fell on my leg. I had a bruise that lasted almost six months wow. from that speaker. So it just so happens that that guy never forgot me because he felt bad. <laughs> Well, it turned out that that day at the grand opening of the skate park, he was the park security. Mm-hmm. So he had been in this new role and he recognized me right away and he happened to know the visiting pro that was there to you know, kind of do a demo for the opening. And he introduced me to Brian and Brian said, do you skate? I said, nope. He said, do you want to? And for some reason I said, sure, I'll give it a try. So he put down his board and he helped me get on the board, told me where I put my feet and then held my hands and drug me left and drug me right and helped me go up the little transitions of the park. And he was there for two days and kind of helped me out. And then he left off back to California and gave me the trucks and the wheels off of his board. Um, and I got the rest of the pieces I needed from the skate shop, and that was it.
0: Now, the trucks are?
1: The metal parts. Yeah. That hold the wheels. That
0: With the axle and that attach to, uh, to the piece of wood or fiberglass or what is a what is the skateboard made of?
1: The skateboard is traditionally wood. Uh Um, It's been a million different things but the one thing that's always stayed is wood and then you've got the trucks that hold the wheels on and then your bearings within the wheels. So it's really a basic thing and um, again it's been done in so many formats since the early 60s when skateboarding developed and people used to take roller skates apart and take those metal off of the roller skates and put it on a piece of wood and had the clay wheels and it's come a long way but it's still wood, some trucks, and four wheels.
0: When you took up uh, skateboarding for the second time in 2004, apparently you weren't feeling very good about life.
1: I had gone through a very bad depression. I was a very good kid all the way up until the end of high school and then I had what was called relapsed childhood trauma and it just sent me for a tailspin. I only graduated high school because I had done so well. My teachers knew that I had the potential, but I was going through some hard times. So, yeah, it was a really bad point. Um, At that time, it was definitely one of the things I wished was not part of my life, but ultimately turned out to be what drove me to my mission and helped me find my purpose, so.
0: I found a quote by you that says, skateboarding distracted me enough and made me happy enough that I forgot I wasn't happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's you have to be focused in the moment all the time when you're skateboarding, and I think that's what really helps. You can't, you can't bring your sadness or your anger or anything else on that board because you'll fall. You have to be in the moment and focus on what you're doing here and now, and I think that that was the initial.
0: Now, as we've uh, we've alluded to already. Some young women might uh, be a little uh, concerned about going into a group of guys doing this. How did you feel? Because they were mostly guys, right?
1: They were, but at that time, I was almost 22 years old. Uh So I think by that point, you develop a lot of strength and just independence in yourself. So it made it easier than had I gone in at, say, 10, 11, or 12 Uh years old. And it, wasn't that old for starting to skateboard? And yeah, it's old for the traditional age of skateboarding, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. So and i made friends early on because those guys that the girls think don't want them there actually really enjoy the girls being there and they think it's really neat when the girls are skating. Is that so? So I was able to meet make a couple of friends who would go skate with me on a regular basis so I had a posse and I think that's what really matters is helping girls develop the posse whether it's a group of other girls or whether you can start to introduce them to the skaters that are there and realize that at the end of the day we're all just skaters.
0: Then you went on to the iu kelly school of business this is after you took up skateboarding mm-hmm. so you were the skateboarding student <laughs> i was i was
1: the only person bringing their skateboard into the kelly school of business at no that wait, time.
0: get out of here you were yeah. bringing it to school
1: oh yeah i skated there I, it I was remember, your
0: transportation
1: yeah from home to because i lived on right on south highland so i would actually skate to class i remember one day i had a presentation so I had to wear my business professional clothes, and I was skating there. And of course, I think I was on fee lane and totally slammed, ripped my pants, I blood oh, <laughs> running no. down my leg, and it, it was it was fun presenting in that style and that fashion to the Kelly School. But the teachers were all very supportive. And
0: at this time, and this is uh, the mid two thousands, uh, first mm-hmm. decade of the two thousands, did you realize that this was going to become such a big thing in your life, skateboarding, your vocation.
1: Yeah, it definitely, I, I became happy through skateboarding. Yeah. But happiness is fleeting if you don't have a purpose. I uh. firmly believe that everyone finds their long-term happiness when they find their purpose in life. So as I started to realize, as I skated, not just in Bloomington, but other places around Indiana and down to Louisville, there weren't other girls. And as I started working with other girls prior to starting the organization, that's where I found my purpose in skateboarding. And I've always had a feeling in me because a lot of people told me this is a waste of time, this is a joke, skateboarding's a fad, girl skateboarding is even more of a fad. Um, there's there's no point in doing this. And so hearing all these people tell me that and still wanting to move forward, I think I always knew that this is something that had to be done. This was something greater than myself.
0: Nothing was gonna stop you. No. Wow. So after graduation from Kelly School of Business, where you got your Bachelor of Science degree, 2006, right? Mm-hmm. You lived in a van, traveling the country, teaching young girls and older girls, women.
1: And a few boys in the mix. We and never a turned boys. anyone away.
0: How to skateboard. Well, what made you do that? Where did you get that idea to jump in a van and you essentially lived in your van, too.
1: I, mean, I, th- I think it's really simple when you break it down. Someone had stepped into my life with a skateboard and with the knowledge to teach me, and in that short moment, in that short experience, they changed my life. So right. I just wanted to replicate that. So who was traveling, I would pick the major interstates and I would draw a circle around the country and then start picking cities along those major interstates. And my goal was just to do what that guy had done for me, show up, be a female that can tell them, help them get started, have the pads, helmets and boards there and just give them that interaction and that way the girls' that's lives can be changed for it, have the opportunity.
0: Now, now how would this work? You go into a, a town, mm-hmm right and you want to find perhaps some females who want to skateboard how did you find them
1: so at that time this is before i guess facebook was there but it wasn't big this was the this was the age of myspace right so i used myspace (laughs) we would put up all the events ahead of time on myspace we would reach out to any local skate shops Uh Um, some communities we had school systems that would work with us or different groups we had a few Uh, communities like in michigan we had entire girl scout troops come out so really just any way that we could kind of spread the word ahead of showing up
0: now you're saying we and us i do who are we and us
1: So when I got into the town and anywhere that, again, speaking through a skate shop, I was the only one that traveled from Uh city to city. But again, in speaking to the communities, if there was a girl there that skated, I would always bring her in. Uh I felt it was important to utilize the local community anywhere we went because otherwise you come in and you leave and there's nothing remaining there. So, again, I had volunteers coast to coast. Some cities, there wasn't anybody there helping me. But most cities, I was able to find at least one or two girls. Or in some communities that didn't have any girls, a couple guys would step in and help.
0: Ah. Now, how did you finance this?
1: Well, let's see, 2006, 2007 was before the economy
0: yes, stopped right.
1: performing so well. Yeah. So I had a sponsor, Etnies, they make skate shoes. Uh-huh. Part of a, uh, Soultech is the name of the corporation. And I was brought to them and they just fully funded everything for the first two years. So, you were an
0: ambassador.
1: Yeah, but they, well they had an idea to do a similar thing in teaching girls to start riding all sorts of different sports. But for a corporation to do it, It's very expensive, and it's not that functional. Whereas, you know, as soon as I saw, well, here's a girl in a van with everything she needs traveling from city to city, let's just fund her instead of trying to fly people in to each of these cities to do that.
0: You carried about 15 skateboards Mm -hmm. at a time. You let people use them.
1: Yep, 15 skateboards and then a whole collection of pads and helmets of all different sizes.
0: And you you literally gave workshops. Did you have sort of at least an informal type of syllabus?
1: I don't think at the time I really did. Um, it was just, again, repeating, because at that time, girls didn't really know anything. So it's, yeah. you start, you teach them how to fall first. Okay, If you're going to fall, when you fall, this is what you do with your body to stay safe.
0: Uh huh. And then
1: from there, it's place one foot on the board, yeah. balance, place the second foot on the board.
0: I'm going to take a guess here, not being a skateboarder, having ever even put the bottom of my foot on a skateboard. I'm going to guess, don't use your wrists.
1: Very good. <laughs> Very good. It, the, yeah, the wrists are the smallest part of our body. Yeah. So when we fall, we never want to put our wrist out. But that's what humans instinctively do when they right. fall. Catch right. themselves with, and not just their wrists, but their arms straight and locked. And yeah. that's where a lot of the injuries come from.
0: Well, cats uh, can fall from great heights because they use their legs as shock absorbers. Mm-hmm. I suppose you teach that.
1: Yep, and using, you know, also just using the larger part of our body and rolling. I always say you want to fall like a ball and not like a tree. A tree is very stiff and very straight up, and when it falls, it's very loud and sounds very painful. Whereas a ball can roll, can bounce.
0: Now, I used to be a motorcycle rider, and I know that when you went down, uh, the idea was never fight going down, go with it. which I suppose is what you're saying and the reason I bring that up is because let me say that the way to get to learn about Girls Riders organization is to go to girlsriders.org but don't be confused because when I first tried to go there listeners I went to a place called girlrider.net it's a little bit different it's for female motorcycle riders but your Girls Riders, stress on the plural. So that's how to find out about G-R-O, GROW, Girls Riders Organization. When did that begin?
1: I actually started developing the organization before I graduated uh-huh. from Kelly. So I missed my graduation to go out to North Carolina to do the first event. I didn't, didn't even walk my graduation. Oh. Um, so it was, I think there was a lot of being at the kelly school everyone is planning their career right you're planning to go into a big corporation you're not going to have summers off anymore and you're going to work in this you know this gray corporate office and that's going to be your life and i really just didn't want that i didn't see that for myself so and again this was my passion this was all that i felt that i was meant to do was to travel and teach girls to skateboard it's Johnny Appleseed is one of the best examples that I can provide for kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to plant those seeds among girls around the country.
0: Now, how long did this van travel uh, go on? How many years? Six years. Would you do it uh, during winter months down south, or did you take time off?
1: I took a little bit. Well, the beautiful thing about Bloomington and Indiana being the crossroads of America. Yeah. So I would always circle up. I'd go up to the northeast, circle back, go out to the southeast, circle back, and then go out on the long haul out all the way to the west, starting up north in Portland and Seattle, working my way down to Southern California, and then coming back across the southern of the country, back to Florida and back home. So I'd be home for the holidays with the family, but I was pretty much on the road almost all the time.
0: Now, I find this interesting because, and I'm not going to say this because you're a female, because if I was going out in a van alone for such a long period of time, I'd be intimidated. Were you intimidated?
1: No, I I really wasn't. Again, I think sometimes when you have something that you feel so intensely that just you kind of get blinders on to everything else. And, I mean, there were definitely sketchy situations out and about. I know when my first year I lived in L.A., I slept on the East River, in the parking lot by the East River, which is a dangerous part of L.A. And I saw some crazy stuff going down, people (laughs) shooting guns off in the parking lot. Boy, yeah, it was, it was an experience. I had so many great experiences. There were blinds on the van, so yeah. where my bed was in the morning. Sometimes you forget where you are because you're in a different state every three yeah. days. And I'd open up the blinds like, oh, I'm, I'm in Mount Hood in Oregon. I'm on you know, Daytona Beach. <laughs> I'm in Louisiana. And I think it was just it was amazing getting to explore so many different places. And, I mean, we talked about where the money came from. In 2008, all the money dropped out. Uh Girls skateboarding, there was no money. Girls in sports, there was no money. I mean, these were the first things cut when companies had to make budgetary choices, so. Everybody
0: was broke. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: But I couldn't stop, even though the money wasn't there. So I lived by showing up in a community, teaching a workshop, and then there'd be some family that said, I can't believe what you did with my daughter you're coming home with us. We're gonna feed you, we're gonna wash your clothes, we're gonna put gas in the van, you're gonna stay with us until you're ready to go on to the next city. Wow. And that was pretty much how it was in almost every single city that I did an event at. Some family would adopt me for my time there and help again get everything filled, ready to make it to the next spot.
0: You are an adventurer.
1: <laughs> it was exciting. I'm very blessed to have experienced all that. And again, working being with those families, you don't just see the tourist side of the city. You know, yeah. you really get to see what that community is about and what matters to those community people and what those neat restaurants and neat spots that only the locals know.
0: When you were a little kid, could you have ever envisioned yourself going around alone this big country?
1: No. I was gonna I wanted to be a vet when I was a little kid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well that didn't turn out. Hey, but wait a minute, wait a minute. You do have a little bit of something to do with animals.
1: I have, a, I have a lot. I got a little backyard farm. I do chickens and rabbits, and I've got plenty of cats. I got 21 kids that are all feathered and furred. Um, <laughs> but I also work with Wild Care, um, which is a great organization here in Bloomington that helps rehabilitate and foster all the orphaned and injured animals that we run across. Rabbits who's been dis- dislocated from their nests, um, animals whose parents have been killed, and so, yeah, wow. I get to work with that organization. is wonderful.
0: In your travels, you've helped form what are called crews. Mm-hmm. What are crews?
1: So once I got off of the road, I needed to focus on a way to help develop something more last, long-lasting in the communities instead of just visiting once a year and doing uh-huh. a workshop. So I moved out of the van, and I moved to New York City. Uh huh. I lived in Brooklyn right by the East River in Brooklyn.
0: A different East River, yes. A different East River. <laughs>
1: and I started the first Grow Crew there. So my concept was, let's go to New York, because everything in skateboarding is in on the West Coast, mainly in Southern California. So huh. I said, I want to go the opposite direction and figure out how how to make a community group in New York City that other cities could replicate. So that's where the Grow Crew started. Um, it basically was the same format overall but we, had, we met every single month and just had regular get-togethers so that the girls could again really develop that community, start making friends with other girls that skateboarded, um, and create something just more long-lasting.
0: Keyword being community. Yes. In 2016, you were named a Toyota Everyday Hero. Now, there was a big event at uh, ESPNW that's the uh, uh, ESPN uh, um, outfit that deals with women in sports you were named an everyday hero you got a ten thousand dollar grant i saw videos of that someone needed a handkerchief
1: yeah i did a little bit of crying there it was good (laughs) i think the tears were actually good that's what got the photos and all of the front pages of everything people like when you cry a little bit i think it shows that humanness that they relate to so the funny thing was was i'd already done research and i knew that the ten thousand dollar gift was coming I knew that ahead of time. And still, as soon as she said it, I still broke down in tears.
0: <laughs>
1: well, even more than the grant um, and working with Toyota and since being able to do some speaking with the Toyota motor manufacturers, but being with the ESPNW women and the people that relate to that organization, I mean, I've got to meet so many Olympians. Um, this year, I got wow. to meet all the women from the U.S. soccer team. Oh, I mean, boy. It's just incredible what people are out there doing and how they're evolving and changing things for the better for the girls of the future.
0: Back in February 2017, GROW, Girls Riders Organization, was featured on NBC Nightly News.
1: They were just talking about GROW, the history of GROW. Um, This was the Inspiring Inspiring America piece that they do with NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. So they sent out one of their... Uh, reporters and it was funny because we had one of our seven-year-old girls actually got her up on the board and was pulling around and skating and she got to experience the falling as well. We got just a huge response after that obviously um, that kind of triggered that move back to Bloomington ultimately in a way Mm because we knew that in order to start serving the larger amount of people we had to find a better way to do it.
0: You say that you're teaching of the young women how to skate, how to fall, these lessons go far beyond skating and falling.
1: Skateboarding is just the disguise we use to teach greater life skills. If you ask someone, do you want to come to a workshop to learn how to be a better person, that's not necessarily all that engaging. But we all fail in life, all the time and you have to get comfortable with failing because no one's going to get anywhere without that so teaching them falling on their skateboarding and getting back up helps lend to them trying new things and feeling comfortable with that and not giving up the first time that they fail Um, learning the confidence to try something new on the skateboard the first time you try to drop in all these things are very scary and we want to build that in there Uh, learning how to be aware of your surroundings spot changes that are happening um, adjust to different things as, you know, as your terrain changes, same in life. you Things change in life, things alter in life, and you need to be ready to flow with that and adjust along with them.
0: My guest this week, Courtney Payne Taylor, she's the founder of GROW, Girls Writers Organization, teaching young women and older women, you said up to 65 so far, maybe even older sometime in the future. We're going to talk about some lessons there are four main lessons that uh, people can learn and we're going to talk about that monday during the daily local news big talk extra so join us monday during the daily local news for big talk extra for more conversation with courtney Payne taylor our guest this week on big talk the founder of grow girls riders organization She's trying to change the world through the use of skateboards and many other things. Courtney Payne Taylor. Courtney, thanks for being on Big Talk.
1: Thank you very much, Mike.